0: An apple, an orange, or a banana a day give school children across Niagara the energy to play and learn the importance of nutrition and healthy eating habits. But healthy snacks don't just appear in our area classrooms. A committed organization and scores of dedicated volunteers make this happen. So who's responsible for this coordinated effort? Just how many children are benefiting from their work? Here with us today is Jessica Stevenson, Program Manager of Niagara Nutrition Partners. So sit back, enjoy a healthy snack as we find out What's up Welland?
1: Today we have Jessica Stevenson, program manager of Niagara Nutrition Partners with us. Thank you for coming to What's Up Welland, Jessica.
2: Thanks for having me. It's um it's so good to be here. I'm always inspired by the city of Welland and just the collective commitment to community and investing in the next generation.
1: So, well, community and investing in the next generation. That's what you are doing exactly. with Niagara Nutrition Partners. What is Niagara Nutrition Partners? Who are you?
2: So Niagara Nutrition Partners feeds um, more than 20,000 elementary and secondary school students across Niagara. Um, We feed them a nutritious breakfast, lunch, and or snack daily at 187 school sites. Um, A thousand plus volunteers comprised of education staff, students, parents, community partners uh, work the front lines to order, prep, cook, serve, clean up budget, um, due reports, it's important to mention that all four school boards participate, making it a true community effort. Um, to create some sort of sustainability, our small staff contingent of five stomp the pavement daily uh, to provide schools with volunteer training, safe food handling, um, nutrition guidelines, menu help, and suggestions for fundraising uh, to support programs at the school level. Many of our programs are student run, so we provide uh, life skills and a sense of purpose and belonging within the school community and it's often built into everyday curriculum so they coupon clip shop um, and do the program budgeting themselves and it's truly heartwarming to watch the students wheel the food through the hallways Mm -hmm. receiving high fives and thank you messages from peers that they might not normally have an opportunity to interact with These programs are beyond filling stomachs. Uh, School programs foster feelings of self worth and belonging as well.
0: So, you've got a small group, you said five.
2: Five, yeah.
0: And with the number of students and schools that you help serve, a group of five doesn't do this work. For the glory, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> They are, there's a passion, there's a motivation there, there that, that goes beyond just the, the work itself. Can you tell us a little bit about what motivates you yeah. and your team?
2: Absolutely. So at the core of it is really making life better for children and families. Uh, breakfast programs may focus on children specifically, but the impact ripples over to families, schools, and entire communities. So in other words, something as seemingly small, as a healthy breakfast can have a really big impact. Uh, And that impact is multifaceted, and it includes things like an inclusive school community, a um, a fostering of worth and belonging, Uh, improved learning capacities, attendance, punctuality, reduced occurrence of behavioral incidents. And of course, the most obvious would be alleviating hunger-related stress um, and providing access to healthy food and greater nutritional awareness. Um, We're also inspired by the way these programs mobilize the community at large in a really practical and, and meaningful way.
1: Jessica, I'm just still stuck on, it's five of you.
2: There's five. A thousand volunteers
1: (laughs) serving four school boards, 20,000 kids. I'm just, those are numbers I'm a little bit stuck on. How are you able, with your staff, with the volunteers, how are you able to coordinate all of those pieces to keep these nutrition programs going?
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier, these programs are truly a community effort. The, we rely on a thousand school based volunteers to run the front lines. Um, food vendors who provide us with discounts and delivery, uh, local farmers who contribute to our monthly farm to school, fresh produce projects. Um, And again, it also costs money uh, to provide these services. Uh, Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, it cost approximately $1.75 per child per day uh, to run a program serving three full, well-rounded food groups. Uh, Today, with that rise in food cost and delivery, the price point's grown to approximately $2. Um, So although Niagara Nutrition Partners is the grateful recipient, of funding from the Ministry of Children, Community, and Social Services, that funding only covers a portion of the cost of each program. So the remainder is a funding gap in which we work tirelessly to fill, um, either from the support of individuals, corporate groups, agencies, and and grants alike. Um, We're sincerely grateful for each and every monetary donation received because it it really and truly all makes a difference.
0: So... So I want to go back to a conversation that we had months ago yeah. when we were first talking about bringing you on to the show. And, uh, back at the time I was asking you a couple of questions just for clarification and. I don't know if you recall, and maybe this will drag your memory as I, as I kind of get going into it, but I was saying how, uh, my son would come home a couple of days and said, Oh, you know, I I ate all my lunch and then I had a snack from the snack bin. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of times, what what is this snack bin? Okay. The teacher must be filling something up. So I reached out to the teacher and I said, Hey, can we contribute to this? Can we, you know, we think we're sending enough, uh, food, uh, for for lunch and snack and everything, but clearly we're not. And, you know, our, our son's going to the snack bin. And we didn't realize that it wasn't the teacher specifically that was filling the snack bin. It was Niagara Nutrition Partners. And my immediate uh, thought was to say to my child, we'll send you more food. Leave what's in the snack bin for those who need it. That was my initial, perhaps naive, ignorant thoughts. And you had said something to me at the time that just... It blew me away and I thought it was so great. So if you, do you remember what you told me about that?
2: Um Were we talking about the stigma? Yes. Attached? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: yeah, can, can you kind of rehash that again? Yeah. Because I think it's really important. Uh It was very important for me to hear as a parent, Uh but I think it would be eye-opening for a lot of other parents to hear too, that there's a well, I'll, I'll just let you take it away.
2: <laughs> For sure. So it, it is unfortunate that there's a stigma attached to these types of programs. Um, and it's a longstanding stigma. It's been around since I was in school. I, I even remember having very similar thoughts. Um, But student nutrition programs now are a universal service. Uh, So it gives every child access in an attempt to remove that stigma um, that's often associated with breakfast snack programs. Um, Of course, we know that child hunger is not isolated only to low-income families. There are a variety of reasons why children access these programs. So it could be Um, early morning bus and sport routines, which limit the time they have to eat at home, Uh, latchkey kids who get ready on their own in the morning and maybe choose not to make a meal or don't know how to, Uh, students that prefer to eat breakfast with their peers, or parents who prefer their children to eat at school because there's actually a better selection of nourishing foods in the home. Um, It's also important to remember that Poverty doesn't have a neighborhood. Um, A child can appear to live in a very nice, well-kept, upper-class home, but the reality is uh, we don't know the situation behind those closed doors. So a loss of job, illness, separation, really, there's an array of reasons why kids may not have access to healthy and filling foods. So we encourage all students to um, utilize our program. Uh, programs are enhanced when they promote a shared experience around food. So meaning that the schools provide enough time for the students to eat. They're located somewhere comfortable and conducive to eating. Um, And where the students are allowed to connect with one another and other members of the school community. So like teachers or program volunteers. And I truly believe that these methods will help break down that that stigma, so to speak. Um, A great example of universal programming is one of our local high schools uh, bringing their early morning sports teams down to the breakfast room to eat together after practice and before classes. Um, And the messaging is about healthy habits and fueling athletes. Uh, This particular school saw an increase in general participation after implementing these team-based type activities. Um, And it really helps to see kids from all walks of life taking part and benefiting. And that's how we're going to break that. So having your children access the program is a positive and and we strongly encourage it.
0: And and I don't know if I said it at the time, but I was thinking about it as I was listening Mm -hmm. to you. You know, for for these children, it's almost like it it could be like their little water cooler, right? Where you might engage or interact with someone in your class that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have or wouldn't gravitate towards just because maybe there's different interests or whatever reason. Um, but I remember that conversation that we had and it, it just, it, it totally changed my perspective. And I was so appreciative of that conversation and the view that I walked out of it with, because again, like you said, poverty doesn't have a neighborhood. It really doesn't. You know, things on the surface may not always be what you see. And for these kids who are maybe a little bit apprehensive and don't want to go to the snack bin because of that stigma, when they see, oh, you know, Johnny, he comes from a oh, he's getting a snack. Maybe I will too. And exactly. ultimately the end goal is the nutrition and to kind of curb some of that hunger and everything. So yeah. whatever. There's power
2: what, in your peers. Yeah. Right? And seeing what your peers are doing. Um, and so if everybody accesses the program, it just becomes the norm. And those kids who are truly um, from a position of lower socioeconomic status, their their needs are going to be met in a much um, more meaningful and powerful way.
0: So I know Paul's got a question, but just before we move on and I, I, I hijacked the whole conversation here um, and I asked you at the time and I'm going to ask you again because I thought, hey, let's just rehash this whole conversation we had months ago. <laughs> uh, so as a parent, if uh, I, I, um, I learned that my child is utilizing the snack bin or the food programs and things like that, and I would like to contribute mm-hmm. uh, to Niagara Nutrition Partners to say, hey, you know, my child uses the services. Uh, I have the capacity to uh, to do something, what can I do and how can I do it?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way is via monetary donation. And that can be done uh, directly to Niagara Nutrition Partners at ca. Um, and if you would like, you can even direct that to a specific school or community. Um, you can also uh, contact your school and find out what particular foods they're in search or in need of. Um, we do meet the student nutrition guidelines that are set out by the ministry. Um, So it's usually a fruit, veg, a a grain product, um, and a dairy uh, with limited sugar content. So they'll be able to give you a list of those particular items. Um, And a lot of schools are looking for things like cereal or crackers or things like that. So um, it's just a really, again, practical way that you can contribute directly to the school.
0: So much to the children's sugar and no Pop-Tarts and... Uh, sour patch kids and candy bars gotcha
1: (laughs) so if people are contributing that's wonderful that is a boost that is a help to you but as you said before you are facing challenges and you are facing constraints and costs have risen and i'm sure there are other challenges that people they see food or they know their kids have access to food in the classroom and they don't think about what has gone into getting that food there What are those challenges you are experiencing, and how are you managing post, almost post-pandemic?
2: Yeah, so we're currently experiencing uh, what I call a perfect storm of obstacles uh, that have a large impact on how we we run the programs. So our expenses for food, equipment, um, and delivery are increasing at uh, alarming rates, and each program is becoming more expensive to maintain. Uh, our mandate, like I said, is to provide fresh, uh, preferably local, high quality foods at all times. Three food groups are always offered to each student. So again, that's a fruit, veg, grain and dairy. Um, and that's what the kids deserve. Uh, but significant cost does come along with that. And as families continue to build from pandemic-related losses, they too face many of the same obstacles and have become way more reliant on our programs than they were in previous years. So we've received anecdotal observations from school staff, program coordinators, that more children than ever are arriving to school with unsuitable or absent lunches. Um, So... Yeah, there are definitely barriers and obstacles that we're working really hard to overcome. Um, but it will be a, a community effort to to overcome them.
0: We've heard growing up, breakfast, it's the most important meal of the day. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's true... There's a lot of
2: pressure on breakfast. <laughs> we'll, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll leave that to, uh, to science to, to sort out whether or not breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But I would imagine starting your day without breakfast, without some type of nutrition will have an impact on a child's learning and even as adults, right? When we get oh, to work yeah. and start, you know, doing our daily tasks, if we're, we're sluggish and we haven't eaten nutritious food, you know, we don't feel as good. What are the impacts and connections between nutrition and learning?
2: So, students who participate in student nutrition programs are improving their quality of life twofold. Uh, Not only are they optimizing academic and behavioral performance during the school day, but they're also securing long-term health by learning nutritious eating habits that will hopefully benefit them for a lifetime. So, in our region alone, schools have reported uh, less absenteeism, higher graduation rates, problem-solving, conflict conflict resolution, um, and a greater class participation. So it's actually a pretty simple concept. Um, eat a bagel pass math or something <laughs> like that. Um, feeding kids, but not
0: guaranteed. But not guaranteed. No, we don't want to, we don't want to make that guarantee. <laughs> yeah, no, no. So when little Johnny comes home and says, Hey, I ate I my ate bagel. bagel. But I didn't pass math. <laughs> what happened? I'm going
1: for Jessica.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no feeding kids, um, feeds our future and it's, it's an investment.
1: So Jessica, beyond classroom work, Niagara Nutrition Partners, community organization, what else are you doing within the Niagara community? Within you've, you've said you've served 12 municipalities. What are you doing across those 12 municipalities over and above, if you can't even do over and above serving as many kids as you do?
2: Yeah, so the sustainability and success of our programs is directly related to the amount of support we receive locally. Um, And this statement is especially true when we consider the amount of local food we're serving within the schools. Uh, Niagara Nutrition Partners has gone to great lengths to develop strong relationships with local growers and vendors across Niagara specifically. Um, And in partnership with our funders from First Ontario Credit Union, We've launched a very successful farm to school program, uh, and we source those apples from DeVries Fruit Farm in Fenwick. uh, And by using locally donated space at six hubs across the region, so community partners like uh, Community Care of St. Catharines and Thorold, West Niagara, the Hope Center, Project Share, Port Cares and Bridges in Fort Erie, uh, program coordinators and teachers can access bushels of fresh local apples free of charge for their school community. Um, Again, anecdotal messages from from school staff have been that many of their pupils don't make those connects, that fresh fruit and vegetables have a life long before they ever make their way to the grocery store. Um, So in making local products more accessible, we're providing education and awareness as well. And this year, we really hope to expand the Farm to School program to include a greater variety of fresh local produce throughout the year, increasing the number of business partners, allies, and Niagara-specific farms that we source from. Um, Nurturing local business ensures a strong community.
1: Are there any initiatives that we are winding this year down, but into next year, are there any initiatives that you have on the go that you are most excited about that you can share with us, or it's a wait and see to be determined?
2: Well, I think at this point, our focus is on um, school, in school food programming, and really just getting that back up and running at its fullest capacity. So COVID restrictions have now lifted. We're introducing um, outside volunteers back into the school setting. Um, We're during the point pandemic, um, a lot of our food was whole fruit and veg and prepackaged models. We, we weren't really cooking from scratch. We're going to try and reintroduce that. Um, so really our focus is there, um, and getting our programs back to Where they truly belong. Um, We do have a bit of a grocery gift card program uh, that we ran um, through the course of the pandemic. It was just a really immediate way to get food onto families' tables while we weren't in the school. Um, And we will continue that in a smaller capacity for alternative programs um, within our high schools as well.
0: Well, before we let you go, Um, is there anything else you would like people to know about Niagara nutrition partners or nutrition and learning or anything in the realm of what you do on a day-to-day basis?
2: Um, you know what? It's volunteers are always needed. We're truly a community-based um, organization. We we rely on it uh, to support our frontline programming. So positions like cooks, servers, cleanup crew, um, those are always needed. You could um, host fundraisers on our behalf, donate directly to our website, uh, .ca, uh or give us a call and just talk about adopting a specific student or school uh, in your community or area. Um, to continue provision of quality programming, we also need things like infrastructure items uh, within the school kitchens. And so we can always provide you with an updated list of what those needs might be uh, if you wish to donate in this, like, really practical and, and meaningful way. Um, but truly, we're, we're investing in our future. And, and it takes all of us, all of us to be a part of that um, in order to push it forward. Uh, so,
1: Well, we will be sure to share contact information so that potential interested volunteers can get in touch with you. We are at that time, Jess. We're in our episode, we get to ask a, our standard question. If you are ordering pizza, are you getting pineapple on it? Yes or no?
2: Um, absolutely. The more the better. Aloha. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Another one in the yes column for pineapple. Well, yes Jessica, column. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for um, having me. It was it was a great conversation. Back a few months ago when we first met, it was a great conversation. Again today, Uh, and uh, I hope you know people will will listen to you know really listen to kind of even what's between the words and and the impacts that nutrition has, uh, especially for our children Uh, as they uh, they are now back in school. uh, The collective hoorays and freedom cries from all over the parents (laughs) after a long summer. Uh, So thank you so much again for joining us, and we hope to have you back uh, at some point on What's Up Welland.
2: Pleasure as always.
1: We are at that moment where Mark and I get to bridge the gap. And this is a bridge that I've been looking forward to for months from when we first spoke with Jessica. The impact that Niagara Nutrition Partners has in our community is something that we were thrilled to be able to draw into What's Up Welland. And the piece that I'm still stuck on from our earlier conversation is the numbers. We have Five committed staff. We have 1,000 volunteers and we have 20,000 students and children that are being impacted by the work the staff and volunteers do. That's, that's incredible. And the way that they are reaching out to local vendors, the way are, they are using the, uh, farm fresh foods to just have that presence in the community to draw the community into the number of students they're able to serve. It's just so impressive. And we could not be more appreciative for the work that Niagara Nutrition Partners does for the growing minds and bodies of our children. They are are feeding our future. And what an honor, what a pleasure to welcome them to What's Up Welland today. Mark, what was your big takeaway?
0: Uh, Probably to no surprise, uh, based off how I spoke about (laughs) it and introduced it, was just the stigma around these nutrition programs. And I think even just referring to them as nutrition programs, that right there is a great reframing of probably what this type of program would have been viewed as 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, so again, it, it's it's for everybody. It's about nutrition and feeding the mind and the body uh, for our kids when they're at school so that their learning capacity is functioning at its highest rate, which uh, is great. And we've had a lot of conversations with guests on What's Up Welland uh, that have stigmas attached to whatever that particular topic might be so if nothing else as we kind of explore some of the organizations and groups and programs in our community we have a chance to break down some of those stigmas as well which is which is nice because i think as as you know, we move along in this world. Uh, we are getting better at breaking down some of those stigmas, but obviously they still exist. And, you know, Jessica confirmed that uh, today for us when it comes to uh, food programs and nutrition programs in school. So, um, you know, I, I think there's there's just so much to learn. And again, for myself as a parent, and as I mentioned, I fell victim to that. I thought, oh my gosh, why is my child taking food from the snack bin when it's for maybe the kids who don't have enough. But, uh, you know, I I was so happy to hear her response. I was so happy to have that conversation with her so that I can start to reframe my position on these nutrition programs. And again, when I hear the word or the words nutrition program, that is inclusive. That doesn't single out any particular group. Uh, And so I think we're definitely on the right track with that.
1: It it sounds inviting. It sounds like something you want to be a part of. And to know that they offer the program throughout the day, that it's not a... Grab your breakfast and get back to learning. They have snacks as students need them.
0: No, that's awesome. And, and so thank you to Jessica and her her mighty team of five because uh, the work they do as a collective is uh, is probably the work of about 20. Uh, so kudos to them for doing all they do in our communities. Uh, if you want to catch past episodes, you can find us on What's Up Welland, which is on our Engage Welland page, www.engagewelland.ca slash podcast. Uh, you can also leave us episode ideas, comments, etc. And Jessica was a big yes on pineapple on her pizza. You can leave your vote there as well well and until then we will catch you next time on what's up Welland.